Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time to talk the world American perspective. Presented by Three Lions Pub, you're listening to Two Up Front, where we focus on all things American soccer. From the NWSL, MLS, U.S. national teams, and all the way to the youth levels. Now in the studio, your hosts, Baxter Colburn and Simon Provan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next edition of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub from the Attention Era Media Studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I am Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan, at least for the first segment anyways, Baxter. Hey, you know, anything is better than nothing, right, Simon? I will I will take what I can get. You are off on assignment today. You're playing dad today, correct? And you kind of teased it on Tuesday, but uh, reiterate for us what you've got going on today. It's pretty cool. Yeah, playing dad, actually more like uh, movie star chauffeur today. <laughs> my, my youngest daughter, Bethany, is on set doing a feature film out in uh, Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. I'm also in the film. I'll be doing my stuff on Saturday and Sunday, but uh, but we're actually up here for for Bethany. She's playing the younger version of the main character in this awesome film film called The Open Door, being produced by Salty Earth Pictures. Uh, I don't have a release date for you yet, but but that's what's going on. So that's awesome. Well, congratulations okay. to to your daughter Bethany. Very exciting time for her. I mean, like you yeah. said, you're playing the chauffeur today. You, you thought you were going to be the the acclaimed actor in the family. Now all of a sudden, your daughters are overtaking you, Simon. Hey, that's that's okay. And who's ever making the money? That's fine by me. Exactly. Until until they start diving into hosting nationally broadcast soccer shows, then I then I think you're okay. If they start doing that, be like, whoa, girls, whoa, like dad's got to have something. Like, don't don't take all the things I like to do. Come on. But uh, no, hopefully not. You never know. They, I know Bethany is a, an incredible soccer player uh, as well. But Simon, we've got a good show. Um, like I said, you're only joining us for the first uh, 10 minutes of the show. But for those of you that are sticking around for the entire duration, uh, you'll get to hear four awesome different guests. Uh, we'll have Chicago Red Stars midfielder Cara Walls joining us. She is a, 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 a Wauwatosa, Wisconsin native. So it'll be cool to have someone that uh, lived just all of 15 minutes from our downtown studios. Uh, we'll have Milwaukee Torrent goalkeeper Nick Barry joining us as well uh, in our third segment. Our fourth segment will be uh, Milwaukee Wave goal-scoring machine Ian Bennett. And then to close it off, Jonathan Tannewald is going to check in with us from the uh, big conference that's going on out west uh, in California right now as well. Too. Yeah, so, the... Uh the big convention, the, NC, the NFCAA convention. Yes. Yep, yep. So we've got a, a full a full slate of things for you uh, today. And, of course, we want to remind you that you can find the show by uh, listening Tuesdays and Thursdays from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time. Uh, Simon and I aren't going to tell you the big announcement that we have yet, but we will say that uh, in February things might be changing just a little bit, but for a good, a good cause and a good reason. So 
uh, stay tuned for more information about that uh, as we find out more. And, uh, of course, you can find everything you need to know about the show by going to our website, twoupfrontsoccer.com, as well. Yeah, you can find us on Facebook, where we may tease our big possible announcement. Uh, two up front in the search bar, you'll find us there. Go ahead and give us a like while you're there. It doesn't cost you anything. You can find us on Twitter, at Two Upfront Soccer. As always, make sure you're using the number two. And you can find our personal Twitter handles, at Simon Provan, at Baxter Colburn. And I am currently, apparently, at a very busy corner in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. I was going to say, I was like, Simon, get out of the middle of the street. (laughs) Holy cow. (laughs) Just playing a quick game of Frogger to get myself woken up this afternoon. Perfect, perfect. I love it. All right, Simon. Well, one of the things that uh, may have awoken a couple of people in the soccer world is rumors surrounding Jesse Marsh. Um, he might be keeping the Red Bulls name, but he might be changing countries. Can you can you give us a little bit more info about what Jesse Marsh might be doing? Yeah, so it looks like Jesse Marsh may be heading over to Austria to be with uh, RB Salzburg, of course, RB standing for Red Bulls, as you as you were alluding to, Baxter. Um, he the team's doing really well. They're in second place. But apparently their head coach may be up for some bigger jobs out in Europe. So it looks like Salzburg is is trying to protect themselves in case their current coach leaves. Listen, there's a lot of credibility to these rumors because Jesse Marsh isn't even at the MLS Combine this week. Yeah, and he has said he will be he will be back in time for the actual draft. Um supposedly he's on his way back, but it's a developing story according to MLSsoccer.com, at least this morning. But wouldn't that be interesting, though? We always hear about, you know, how American coaches do in England, but, you know, Austria is nothing to, to laugh at, and RB Salzburg is a, is a pretty darn good team as well, too. That's a pretty household name, I'd like to say, across all of Europe in terms of history and overall success. Well, here's the big thing, too, Baxter. This is a Champions League club. Yeah. You know, so the Jesse Marsh may be getting his Champions League experience, obviously, with uh, the sad story that was Bob Bradley over at Swansea. Rest um, in peace, from Bob a bigger Bradley. Perspective, right. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> so from, from a, an American perspective, um, it would be nice to have another American coach, uh, maybe not in the top league, but certainly in a respectable league over in Europe. Uh, I'd be interested to see how Jesse does. I, I don't think there's any shame in having your, your Red Bulls New York coach get up and, and head over to Austria. I mean, it says a lot about what he's done with his club, the style of his coaching. And it looks like if this does happen, the New York Red Bulls will be bringing on one of his assistants, Chris Armitz, who, of course, I watched back when I was younger, um, playing for the U.S. national team and sure, unfortunately yep. missing, out, missing out missing out on an Olympics and a World Cup both times due to injury. So it would be nice to see Chris at least get something out of this as well. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. And I think I I feel like if you aside from Bruce Arena, I'd like to say that Jesse Marsh and I could be wrong on this, Jesse Marsh is probably one of the top three managers in all of Major League Soccer. I mean people could say maybe Caleb Porter or Dom Kinnear or, you know, other gentlemen of course as well too. There's a long list of acclaimed MLS coaches, but I'd like to say Jesse Marsh for all he's accomplished, uh deserves to be at least in my mind a top three, if not a top five, you know, coach in all of MLS. Well, look, he took a he took a club that was already doing well under Mike Pecky. The supporters were were kicked off when oh they were uh, furious, Curtis, you know? furious. Yep. But all Jesse Marsh has done is made that club stronger and better. And how, so, how can you uh, argue against that? <laughs> exactly. You know? So you know the one thing he hasn't been able to do yet is, is lift that MLS Cup trophy. But you know a couple of Shield winners in there. 
uh, a couple of conference championships. Um, so, yeah, he's he's done nothing but good things in MLS. Yeah. You, you can't argue with his results. No, I, I don't really think you can. Um, speaking of which, I... I, I was reminded by this on social media by multiple platforms yesterday, Simon, that um, yesterday was uh, the 10-year anniversary of David Beckham signing with the LA Galaxy, uh, which some might say just completely revolutionized Major League Soccer as a whole for the DP you know, onslaught of players that came in and just the pushing MLS into the, the 21st century, some might, might say as well, too. But I feel like I didn't realize it was ten years ago. I feel like it's. I, I thought it kind of was longer than that personally, but only. But ten years ago, David Beckham signing. Do you do you remember your 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 thoughts and reactions when you heard David Beckham had signed with the Galaxy back in the day? Yeah, I was actually in grad school, and uh, along with training um, as a professional actor, I was actually the the lead soccer writer for the Daily Texan down at the University of Texas. So I was able to jump on that story and, and uh, cover it a little bit. I was I was amazed. I was shocked. You know, there were rumors for a year that this was going to happen. This, this new rule called the Beckham Rule. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it actually happened, Baxter. And I remember the ridiculous numbers that, uh, you know, the 19 group or whatever his agency was at that time, you know, throwing out that he was going to be paid $250 million over yep. five years. When it, when it ended up being, that was actually all the... Um, all the endorsement money that he was getting by coming over to the U.S. and, and he was actually getting five million a year. But even that number at MLS in that at time at that time was that was unheard was of. Amazing, yeah, absolutely. Un- unheard of, right? So uh, for for Beckham to take that huge risk, by the way, yeah, um, and and of course, you know, then if anything, he he ticked off more people in his first couple of years because he kept leaving to go to other leagues, yeah, um, you know, Syria <laughs> and whatnot. But uh, but you look back on the decade of the Beckham rule, and it is amazing. I, I knew he would have an effect on the league, but the effect that he has had, the, how much this league has grown, it really it really does go back to David Beckham. And there's another player it, it goes back to as well, Baxter. It, it goes back to Landon Donovan saying, I'm yeah. staying in this league. I want to help this league grow. So so Donovan helped lay that foundation, and, and i got to say, Beckham coming over, it did give this this young league an air of legitimacy, and now you see all these names coming over. And, and, and of course, now there's been an evolution as well, where you, now you're seeing these DP slots not being used on old superstars, yes. which you still do, but you're seeing more younger and younger DPs coming into the league. You're absolutely right about that. And I think that's only made the league better. I mean, realistically, if you would have said, I, you know, I don't know who the equivalent would have been 10 years ago, but you would have gotten Sebastian Giovinco whoever that equivalent would have been 10 years ago coming to MLS, I think people would have just laughed their, you know, their heads off basically being like, wait, I don't, like I said, I don't know who the equivalent would have been 10 years ago at that point, but do you get somebody that young and in their prime coming over willingly saying, I want to play in MLS would have been laughable. Or even 10 years ago, David Villa in his prime coming over, I think people would have just absolutely laughed and been like, there's no chance that that's actually going to happen. Why would you want to go to America and play soccer? But I think by Beckham taking that risk, really did you know having and then having Beckham and Donovan on the same team as well too advocating for MLS saying look this is a good league it's growing just give it some time I think really really made MLS what it is today honestly I think you can't really argue too much negative against what Beckham and Donovan did for those time together completely agree with you Baxter all right last thing Simon before we let you run is uh, the NWSL draft is today I know there's a couple of players, of course, we're going to be pulling for um, one, which is a which is a Badger uh, as well too that we're hoping to see and might go first overall as well. 
Yeah, Rose Lavelle out of Wisconsin. Um, we, we talked about her on a show a couple of weeks ago, but with the lack of time we have, Baxter, now you got to get to break that. That's basically what it comes down for me. You know, Badger Pride. Uh, my brother went to UW Wisconsin, so or UW Madison, not UW Wisconsin. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> uh, you know, she's she's been been called up to the women's national team. It's exciting to see uh, the women's program up at, at Wisconsin continue to be strong and to have such a player like Rose Lavelle coming out of that. It'll be cool to see where she ends up. Does she deserve to be number one? I think you can say for uh, looking at the entirety of her college career, absolutely. If you were to base it off just this last year, well, probably not. But but overall, um, I don't think you can go wrong with her. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that one. All right, Simon, on that note, I have to let you run, unfortunately. But uh, you enjoy your time uh, there being a chauffeur and uh, tell your daughter to break <laughs> a leg at all from all of us here in the studio. All right, thanks for taking care of the show today, Baxter. Absolutely, Simon. We'll see you again next week, sir. Have a good one. You as well. All right, thank you. We're going to run to a break. When we come back, speaking of UW... Uh, Madison alumni will have one on the show. Cara Walls of the Chicago Red Stars is going to be here with us. We'll get her thoughts about her uh, her second season in NWSL and all that other fun stuff that goes with being a professional soccer player. You're listening to Two Up Front presented by Three Lines Pub. Stay with us. Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub, here from the Attention Era Media Studios. I am Baxter Colburn. You heard from Simon Provan in the first segment, but he is uh, working remotely today and will not be here in the studio traditionally. Of course, you get both of us live and in person coming to you through your whatever device you might listen to us, your computer, your phone, your tablet, uh, your Walkman, if you can somehow tune us in on your Walkman. I'm not sure if that's physically possible anymore. I don't think it is. But either way, uh, we're going to continue to move along with the show. We have a very Wisconsin-centered show today. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, for those of you that know, uh, last this, uh, earlier this week on Tuesday, we had Allie Long of the U.S. Women's National Team on the show, which was just an absolute treat. Uh, we also had Caroline Stanley of Sky Blue FC on the show also. So you can go check out those interviews and other great content on our website, twoupfrontsoccer.com. So moving along with our first 
guest today. Joining us first on the shopfutsal.com call-in line is a midfielder for the Chicago Red Stars. Uh, she also hails from the great state of Wisconsin. She probably grew up about 15 to 20 minutes from our Milwaukee, Wisconsin studios. It's Cara Walls, and she joins us now. Cara, welcome to Two Up Front. How are we doing today? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Excited to be on the show. Yeah, it's exciting to have you on. Uh, I will admit a little bit of ignorance. I did not realize that you grew up in uh, in Tosa uh, until I yeah. was doing a little bit more research about you before you came on the show. But kind of a, kind of a crazy thing to to go from living only basically an hour and a half of where you now you know work quote unquote you know playing soccer. Oh. But uh, talk a little bit about that transition from going to play at the University of Wisconsin Madison to then being drafted by the Red Stars and not even really being that far from where you call home with mom and dad yeah um honestly it's been it's been a really good experience for me um i think it's been one that um kind of been an easy transition because going to school in madison i was about like an hour and a half away and then from milwaukee to chicago it's about like an hour and a half hour 45 yeah right around there yeah yeah so um honestly it's been really nice um i've been able to like come home on off days um, during the season, and like if we ever get some time off, then I really think that's like a treat um, when you have teammates, you know, from like California and the East Coast, and they would just like love to come home for just like a day or two. So yeah. something I definitely um, don't take for granted. I'm re- I really enjoy it, but I'm also um, sometimes have that itch to get like far away or like you know go play on the other side of the world um, <laughs> but i feel like that's natural when you've been in the midwest your whole life but i definitely don't take it for granted because well, there's a lot of good things exactly and i would agree with you on that when the midwest is certainly an interesting place i i spent the first 13 years of my life here then moved to florida for eight years and then decided to come back for college and ended up settling here with my with my family but it is it is an interesting thing if you live in the midwest your entire life you're like okay i feel like i need to just what what else is out there what's even out on the right. east coast you know, kind of a thing but that is yeah. that is an interesting point, though, too, that you made about you know when you play professional sports, you have the opportunity, especially in soccer, to go play all around the world, basically, whether it's in Europe or in Australia or, yeah. or in Asia. Uh, in your in your first two years that you've been playing professional, has there been any other offers or loan offers for you or interest at least to go uh, to play someplace else domestically or internationally? Um, rather, yeah, um, there are a lot of opportunities um, kind of there for you to take advantage of. It's like there's, I think, eight girls on my Chicago Red Stars teams that are actually in Australia right now. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I could have done that as well. Um, my last offseason, I actually had to go back to UW-Madison and finish school. And then um, this offseason, I kind of decided I just wanted to figure some stuff out. Like, <laughs> my first time, like, being a real adult without school. So I just wanted to, like, um, figure some stuff out. But, you know, being... Here in the Midwest, my second off season, I really kind of got the desire to like go play on loan somewhere next off season and really experience it. Because um, like it is a really good opportunity that we can easily take advantage of. So I haven't like sat down with any contracts, but there's um, definitely a lot of opportunities out there for me to go play. 
Well, I think that definitely, yeah. And you're still very young in your career as well, too. You've got a lot of a lot of life left in you, as it were. I mean, you know, being such, yeah. a, such a young player. Um, let's let's talk about this 2016 campaign. Obviously, the Red Stars didn't make it to the final. They were very close to doing so. Uh, you got to play in 12 games total. You started eight of them, which I think is really you know impressive. Of course, for only your second year, you did score uh, one goal as well, uh, which I'm sure is always a, a good experience uh, to build confidence. But what were what were some of the big things that you took away from not only your team but your performance in 2016 and what are you looking to do better in this coming season um yeah i think for me um 2016 was like a really good confidence um building year um because yeah my first year i think i only started one game and i you know i was subbed in a couple of games but i didn't really get any opportunities as a starter and then this year um you know people were gone with the olympics and there were some spots to be filled and like i got a chance and um you know, did okay. So that was just kind of good to be like, okay, I can like really play and compete at this level if I just, you know, focus on what I do well and perfect my game and what I can bring to the team. Like there, um, there is like a, you know, a permanent spot for me if I can step up for it. So that was a really good, um, kind of step from being someone who was just kind of not playing as much, but still like on the team to like actually playing a big role in the team. So I think I would just look to like carry that confidence on into next season to like play an even bigger role, be an even more like dependent, you know, figure for our team. Um, and yeah, and just keep taking things away from the other players that I'm playing with. Cause I'm playing, you know, I, I, as a forward, I'm playing with, in my opinion, like the best forward in the world, <laughs> uh, Kristen, so it's like really fun. No bias just... at all. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> no bias at all, but that you know, my personal. But she's pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly. I would agree with you. Pre- it's fun to just um, play with her and learn from those really good players. So, like wherever I do end up, I can kind of take those things and get some more experience under my belt. No, and I would agree with you, and that's exactly what you want to do. You don't want to be stagnant in what you're doing. You don't want to stunt your growth. Why would you play professionally or play at the highest level if you didn't want to try to right. get better, you know, as a whole? And I know, Cara, exactly. Exactly. I mean, like you said, talking, playing about with Kristen Press and a lot of the other gals that are on the team that know how to put the ball in the back of the net, I think, is, is absolutely incredible. Cara, uh, kind of transitioning a, a little bit, you going back to actually your your uh, your days of playing for uh, for FC Milwaukee and uh, back in you know Tosa East High School as well too. Uh, you were able to win a national championship or a couple back in the day. You were a top scorer as well. How was how was playing for those clubs before you got to the professional level? How did that help fully prepare you um, with with all the the skills and the coaching that you received at that point? Um. Yeah, I think it helped me a lot. You know, I had some like decisions to make in high school um you know like I like everyone I played like a bunch of sports you know basketball tennis and soccer and like my senior year I decided to give up tennis and basketball and just focus on soccer and did like the club thing with FC Milwaukee and like I didn't play um high school soccer so even though I played soccer year-round I didn't play with my high school I played my club year-round okay um so like at that age I there was definitely some sacrifices that I made because I knew I was serious about soccer. Um, and I think they just paid off. And I'm lucky that I had, um, like, the option to play with FC Milwaukee because they had some of the best players in the state and we were playing at, like, the highest level of competition. Our trainings were really intense. And um, not everyone in Wisconsin has that opportunity. Yeah, because I would agree we with just you. Don't, we really just don't have um, the, the competition level here for, like, to have, you know, 
three really competitive clubs. It's usually you get like one super competitive club that can compete on a national level. And so I was kind of really lucky to be a part of that one for my age group. And we happened to just have like the right girls from all over the state who were really good. Um, and we just made it work. So yeah, that, it was really awesome. It definitely like propelled my career being, being able to play with us in Milwaukee and compete at that high level. And like girls that I'm playing with now, like I remember seeing them at nationals at like U18, you know? So it was just yeah. kind of like that high <laughs> level that, um, that we got to be a part of as a youth. And that definitely, definitely um, where it all started. I'm, I'm supposed to ask you as well, too. My, my co-host, Simon, is usually here, but he's off today, unfortunately. But he, uh, his brother, uh, I believe it was uh, Jake Provan, coached FC Milwaukee for a while as well, too. I, he wanted me to know if you uh, ever ran into, his, into a Coach Provan in your playing days of, of FC Milwaukee at all. Uh, Coach Provan? Yes, Provan. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've probably like seen him, but the name doesn't sound familiar. No, fair enough. No, fair enough. He just asked me to ask you because he couldn't remember himself. He was like, I don't remember if my brother coached the years she was there yeah. or what it was, but he told me mm-hmm. to ask you. Yeah. But uh, before we wrap things up, Cara, today, as you know, is the uh, the NWSL draft. You were the very yeah. first uh, Badgers player drafted, um, which is a very exciting thing. There's yeah. uh, a new Badger being uh, heralded around the, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the world. Rose Lavelle, a lot of folks are excited about her um bri- yeah. briefly give us you know, your uh, your experiences about you know getting that call on draft day saying hey you've been selected uh and just kind of like the emotion that goes along with that as well too because it's it's life-changing it really is yeah yeah it, i mean it's super exciting um i think you know with uh uh the like nwsl at least for me you know it's like it's not really a huge deal in the world. Like, there wasn't even really a show. Like, I found out, like, via Twitter, you know, or, like, um, but so I feel like it's just a, it's, like, a big deal for your circle and everyone who's been, like, encouraging you and been there and, like, all the Badger people. Um, yeah, so I'm exactly. really excited. For, I'm really excited for Rose and just, like, kind of the growth of the Badgers into, like, okay, so, like, an elite, like, program that's putting out top-level, you know, soccer players. Um, I think that's really exciting, and I'm excited for Rose and, like, all the other players from Wisconsin who, you know, want to get a chance with WSL. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. Um, really fast, uh, before we let you go, what is one thing about Rose's game that you think is going to make her successful uh, at the professional level? Mm. Um, her quickness and ability to dribble and beat plays 1v1 off the ball. Mm. Um, it's It's something just, you know... We do so many like passing patterns and moving into space to break the defense down that when you can have one person who can just like beat someone off the dribble and break the defense down, it, it, it can make, you know, a seven passing pattern. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Especially like with women. Um, so yeah, that's really dangerous. It's hard to defend, breaks defenses down. And if she can just keep getting better at that, she's going to be really hard to deal with. Well, fantastic. Well, Cara, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. So yeah, thank you thank for you. Uh, for taking some time today. Uh, and we uh, we hope to have you back on the show again soon if it works out. Yeah, I would love that. Absolutely. All right, Cara, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good show. Thank you. There goes Cara Walls on the shopfutsal.com call-in line. When we come back, we will be keeping it in the Milwaukee area. We'll have Milwaukee Torrent goalkeeper Nick Berry joining us to talk about the Torrent's 2017 season, their Great Lakes Conference uh, that they're going to be in and a lot more. Stay with us. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lions Pub. Back right after this.
Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn, back inside the Attention Era Media Studios. No Simon Provan. He'll be joining us again next week. Uh, he joined us in the first segment, if you missed that. Uh, great conversation with Chicago Red Stars forward Cara Wells there in our second segment. Uh, but now we get to keep it in the Milwaukee area. A very Milwaukee-centered show today. Uh, we've had players on. We've had uh, the man himself, the head coach, Andy Davi, on the show as well. Too. But we've never had goalkeeper Nick Barry on the show. But now he gets to join us on theshopfutsal.com. Call in line. Nick, welcome to Two Up Front, sir. How are we doing today? How you doing, Baxter? I'm doing well, Nick. It's uh, it's great to to chat with you, and uh, let's let's immediately jump right into it. Last season, uh, a very successful season. Your you know the Midwest Central Division Championship season. Uh, you guys really just kind of took it to the NPSL last season in terms of the provisional division that you guys are a part of. But uh, I'm curious to get your perspective. We've gotten a lot of the field players. We've gotten head coach Andy Davi's opinions about the season. But as a goalkeeper, you see the game in an entirely different lens. What were your thoughts about the 2016 Torrent season? Um, yeah, well, I, uh, it, it was definitely a good season for us. Um, you know, we, we kind of not, I don't want to use the word run through the season or run through the teams, but um, we definitely took care of business when it came to, to getting results on the field. Um, that being said, I think this, uh, I think this upcoming season is uh, even a higher mountain for us to climb, but one that we can do uh, very, not easily, but um I like our chances. I'm very confident in our abilities as a team. And you talk about, too, this uh, this upcoming season. You're going to be facing uh, a couple of teams that uh, have gotten national recognition. Um, rumors of even becoming MLS teams at some point. You're going to have to deal with Detroit City FC this year, a, a team that draws thousands and thousands of fans to every single home game. Uh, it's going right. to be a powerhouse that you guys are going to have to deal with. Uh, you're going to take on FC Indiana, the Michigan Stars, uh, F- or AFC Ann Arbor, uh, Lansing United, Kalamazoo. There's a lot of other great teams, but you, you're going to have to do a lot of your your you know conference games, basically your divisional games, on the road on a relatively far away thing. This isn't like you're going on an hour drive away. Uh, you're going to have to be traveling. Right. You're going to have to be traveling to a lot of these these games, of course. But do you feel that because you were so successful last season, that it should transition relatively easily this season for for being able to dominate teams again, or is it going to be a much uh, more challenging affair that you guys have to deal with? Um, I think it depends on what you're used to playing in front of as a player. Um, I played at Grand Rapids um, and, and Ann Arbor, so I've, I've played in front of those numbers a little bit. Um, guys that don't or guys that haven't played in front of those numbers in the past, it might uh, it might be a, a bit of a shock, um, but a shock in a good way. Yeah. Um, you know, it, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And uh, this conference, like you said, is getting national recognition. Um, so we we want to be on the same field as these guys. Um, you know, we we definitely respect our opponents, um, but I'm I'm going to be honest. We're not going to fear any of them. You know, we got we got a good group of guys coming in. I think uh, the guys returning have a good head on their shoulders, and, and we're itching to get back on the field and uh, put a good product on the field. And I think the product that you had in 2016 was certainly a very good-looking product. You had a lot of offensive talent on your team with James Weber and Nemata Medic and Ian Bennett and a lot of others that certainly didn't have a lot of trouble putting the ball in the back of the net. And 
in, in some might some might say though too, and we 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 asked this of course of of Coach Andy Davi because you guys had so much. Some people would say a, a fairly easy season. You know, hopefully that will transition over, though the confidence will be there. And you're going to have a, an even better roster as well, too. You've already had some great players that, that have been signed this offseason. Right. Um, so you can definitely get more security in that regards. Um, what are some of the things you've been doing this offseason to stay uh, in shape and uh, prepare yourself for the 2017 season? Um, this this offseason for me has been uh, a little frustrating. I, uh, I tore some ligaments in my ankle the last game of the year, so... Um the last four months, I've spent a lot of time in rehab, you know, trying to strengthen that that ankle. Um, but I'm and I'm sure the other guys are doing doing the same as I'm starting to now. Um, is just shake off the rust, um, get into shape, um, and just they're looking forward to to the season. You know, um, it's every day, uh, whether it's going to the gym, um, going on a run, hitting the weights, uh, always touching the ball. Um, guys are starting to uh, work out together. Um, Consistency and uh, a team cohesiveness is going to be crucial, especially playing the talent that we're going to play this year. Um, so if we can all be on the same page, that's going to we're going to be able to hit the ground running come uh, end of April. Talking with Milwaukee Torrin goalkeeper Nick Barry on the ShopFootsall.com call-in line. Uh, Nick, looking ahead to the 2017 season, uh, from what we've heard, a lot of the roster that you had last season is going to be returning, which I think is fantastic. Uh, it certainly keeps yeah. that um, that overall cohesiveness together. Uh, one name we haven't heard about yet is Declan Rodriguez. Have you heard anything at all about whether or not Declan's going to be joining the team in 2017? Um, I can't speak in depth about it just because I don't know a whole lot of details. I know he's over in um, Holland doing a trial with uh, a reserve team from Ajax, I believe. Oh, fantastic! Um, I I haven't yeah I haven't talked to him personally, but um, you know we wish him all the best. Um, as a soccer player, you want to play at the highest level possible, um, and a, and an opportunity to go play for a for a program like Ajax um, overseas. Would uh would be a dream come true to a lot of guys. No kidding. You know, so uh, the uh, the best wishes go out to Declan. You know, and he you know he's got a spot here. If uh, if unfortunately if things don't work out, um, you know we'd love to have him back. But uh, yeah, as far as details, I don't really know. Like I said, um, you know, I don't think his uh, his phone works in Holland. <laughs> but uh, fair enough, fair enough. But you know, he yeah he's he's training. You know, just like anyone else. You know, if he if uh, if anyone else was over there, we'd want them to focus on on training and putting their best foot forward when it comes to playing footy. Talk to me about the the defense in 2016. Uh, you were very much a more attacking style defense. You had center backs like Drew Ruggles that were going all the way up to midfield and launching balls into the you know the offensive side of the field. There, you guys, you had Logan Fye and Chris Kurth running up and down the sidelines there, and Horvat as well too. What what made your right. defense so good in 2016? Was it the communication? Was it what what was it? I'm, I'm really curious about what what you think made the team so good. Um, I think we were very dynamic when it comes to a, to a back line. Um, we had guys that you know talk about a, a back four. Um, there are some some systems where that back four will stay on your defensive side of midfield, but we had guys that that wanted the ball, um, especially Drew and Kurt. Um, I played with Kurt in college, so I kind of know how he plays a little a little more than say Drew or Logan or uh, or Aaron. But uh, you know the guys wanted the ball. They wanted to be a part of the offense. And if you can have uh, if you can have defenders that are that are making runs, that's just going to give the the opposition more of a headache. Um, you know, and I definitely like being up um, in the box. I'm not one to sit back in my own 18. Um, 
uh, you can kind of use me as a, I don't know, a sweeper keeper, if you want to use that term. But, More uh, a Manuel Neuer, kind of a, kind of a goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah, if I can, uh, you know, if I can mirror how he plays, you know, that's, uh, I'm, I'm doing all right for myself. Yeah, exactly. But, if you can uh, be in that same conversation, you're definitely uh, on the right road to success, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, right. No kidding. But, uh, yeah, I think, guys, you know, as overall soccer IQ, I think especially the, the way teams are playing um, nowadays, I think you have to have a, an attacking-minded defense. You know, it's going to give uh, headaches for the opposition. And it's uh, it's one more way that you can score. You know, if, say uh, the opponents take away one of your strikers or one of your wingers, you know, then they got to worry about one of your backs. You know, Drew can put the ball in the net. Uh, Kurt can hit a nasty free kick, um, so we we can attack and we can can score from uh, from anywhere, and that's uh, that's definitely dangerous, especially with the talent that we're playing this year. Absolutely. And final thing here, Nick, before we let you go, uh, the Torn announced in the off season they're moving from Elon Soccer Park to Hart Park in Wauwatosa, a uh, much bigger uh, stadium as a whole. Does that change at all? Make any difference for the game that you're going to be seeing in front of you? I'm pretty positive it's the exact same playing surface. But does the change environment uh, excite you? How, how does how do you how do you feel about the move to Hart Park? Um, I liked playing at Elon. I liked the the atmosphere. Um, the fans were kind of right on top of the field. Um, and I think that's an excellent atmosphere for for soccer, especially for a local team like us. Um, getting getting uh, local, not only kids but but adult fans out there and, and having them a part of the game. Um, but I am. I'm very excited to, to move to Hart Park. Um, it's a bigger stadium. Hopefully, I'd love to see uh, us pack the stadium. Um, yeah, it's I'm I'm over the moon about the start of this season. You know, like I said, I'm coming off an injury, so I'm, I'm working out every day. But uh, I'm itching to get back on the field, and I'm excited to see what we can do for the city of Milwaukee. Well, fantastic. Well, Nick, it was always a pleasure to to chat with you during torn season. But now I appreciate you joining us uh, as well on to up front, and I hope we can do it again sometime soon as well, sir. I hope so. Thanks for having me, Baxter. Anytime, Nick. We'll talk to you soon. There goes Milwaukee Torrent goalkeeper Nick Barry on the shopfutsal.com. Call in line. When we come back, we will stay in Milwaukee again, and we will talk to Milwaukee Wave forward attacker, goal-scoring machine Ian Bennett. He'll be with us live in studio. Yeah, live in studio. I said it. We'll talk to him right after this. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lines Pub. Pub in Milwaukee, Wisconsin is just the place for me. They've got everything. Great pub food, a wonderful selection of draft beers, and a brilliant atmosphere, especially during Premier League matches. Check out the Three Lions Pub menu at threelionspub.com, where you can also find all their specials and the great events that take place throughout the year. Three Lions Pub, where across the pond is now across the street. It's going down for real. 
Welcome back to the Attention Era Media Studios here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Culver, no Simon Provan. Joining me in studio for the first time, I believe. Is this the first yeah, time yeah, you've yeah, actually been here? Yeah, is uh, Milwaukee Wave attacker. I don't know if you are you a forward, technically attacker. <laughs> I'm a midfielder. A midfielder. He yeah. scores goals like a forward, though. Uh, it's Ian Bennett. He joins us in the studio now. Ian, how are we doing today, sir? Not bad, Baxter. How are you doing? Man? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm doing well, Ian. Uh, not as well as you, though. You're <laughs> <laughs> 31 goals this season already for the Wave. Holy cow. Yeah, what, uh, what's working for you? It seems to be like you can't miss now. No, let's knock on wood. But <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, like we're playing really good, man. I, I think we're finding our, our stride right now. The team is doing great. I mean, the team has been setting me up, especially Max. Uh, so we've been working as a great duo. But uh, we're just finding our rhythm, man. We're finding our touch. And um, we're just trying to make a good push for the uh, – playoffs and stuff and you talk about the playoffs as well too i mean the the standings of course are not exactly in your favor at this exact second you guys are in fourth place in the central division you're six and five overall but you also are to an extent tied with chicago and kansas city who also have six wins as well too yeah, I hate to say it. We kind of got to kind of do like the Packers. We got to run, run the run, table. Run the you want to make that prediction right now? <laughs> yeah. Like we're gonna run the yeah, table. Yeah, exactly. Like Aaron, but uh, no, we we got to do. We hold our own destiny. I mean, if we win out, which which we're capable of doing, um, I think we can lose probably one more game. But uh, if we take care of business, like we know how we can do, I think we'll be fine. One of the teams that has provided a little bit of uh, friction for you guys this year has been Cedar Rapids. Uh, yeah. You've got former Wave coach Mark Litton on there and a couple other former Wave players as well, too. They must be doing something right. But uh, what's been of your experience playing against Cedar Rapids? Why have they been such a, an Achilles heel to you guys this year? Uh, like, to be honest, it, it, it's been, a, I think, difficult just because we played so long with some of those guys. And I think our, our mindset has been a little different. But, I mean, we started good when we played them. But I, I don't think we've kept the pressure like normally. But um, I think... These next two games, when they come to our house, I think you'll see a different wave style. I think you'll see a different – I think our, we'll be more focused and headstrong. I think we the last two games we played them, I think we just let other things get involved in our heads, I think, when we played them and all that stuff. So I think we're going to treat it like a, a normal wave game, and I think we're going to really bring it. You guys play Chicago uh, this weekend, uh, which you know Milwaukee Chicago always <laughs> always a big rivalry game uh, as well too. And of course, they're just they're just slightly ahead of you in the standings as well. Uh, what do you need to do to, to be successful against Chicago this weekend? Yeah, massive man. Um, they're going to bring it. I know some of their guys are healing up, and they're honestly looking really really sharp. So we just got to try to play our game. Obviously, start quick because I think that's been our. Um, when we played well, we started really good. So I think we got to really keep that up and uh, and just play four quarters. You know, whatever happens in the second or third, just make sure we play all four quarters and try to win all four quarters. Because if you win all four, you you win obviously the game. So that's what we're trying to look, trying to play a uh, complete game. One of the things that has been uh, not to, not to continue to dwell on the negatives this season, but one of the things you guys have had issues with is winning in overtime. You've lost two di- <laughs> the two times you played in overtime this year. You lost, uh, of course, to Cedar Rapids being one of them and Harrisburg being the other as well too. But those were early on in the season, though, of course, as well. You guys have definitely you know, expanded your horizon since then. You haven't really lost a game by more than looks like three goals uh, since that that absolute thrashing you took to Kansas City on on opening day. But uh, you guys obviously are coming together, and we've had Coach uh, Olivier on the show a couple times nice. as well too um, he's definitely preached that the, the Wave want to win now and it seems like you guys are trying to make that push but if for some reason you don't make the playoffs this season I don't feel like this season's 
I don't think it's been a bad season, would, uh, not to my knowledge at least. I don't, I don't think it would be a bad season. You've probably talked to majority, but for, for myself and I'm sure some of the veterans, I think it would be. But, uh, yeah, at the start they were like some of the guys, we were losing a couple of games and everyone was like, ah, it's a rebuilding stage. But, honestly, I, I don't like that rebuilding stage. I think obviously we're young and stuff, but uh, I think we could do it, man. I, th- I think we'll make the playoffs, man, to be honest. you know. Um, and I, I think we're just looking good. Like together, honestly, this is more of a team – I've seen in a, in a long time. We're actually we we like each other. We get along. You know, there's not too many egos, and everyone just has a good time, and we enjoy ourselves, man. How have you liked the um, being able to obviously play in the UW Panther Arena? I mean, it's it's a fun environment. It almost feels like you've got the fans on top of you to an extent, based of how the, the, the you know, for those that don't know, the, the stadium is kind of set a little bit lower yeah. in. But uh, what is that? At? I mean, when you get a full house inside the <laughs> Panther Arena, that's kind of a kind of a rocking environment to play in. Yeah, to be honest, man, we go to some arenas. I'm not gonna lie, and you're kind of like, "Geez, wh- where are we at?" But like, you come to the Panther Arena. Like sometimes, I don't want to make sure we take it for granted, but it's nice, man. We got the black turf, you got mm-hmm. the lights. I mean, we got the craziest lights, man. Um, when you <laughs> score, it's crazy. But like, yeah, it's it's awesome. Like the front office, the owner, the GM, they they do a great job, Mike and Dan, to put on a show, man. It looks honestly, I love it. I had so many people tell me, like, you know, I wasn't even into soccer, but we just love the show you guys put on and and everything that goes along with it, and they. The Admirals moving in there helps us too because uh, they made it so nice and yeah, it's a great it's a great you venue. You guys got man. new locker rooms. Yeah, too, didn't the you? locker room. Honestly, I heard the hockey team's even better, but our locker room is is awesome, man. It's it's top notch, man. So I enjoy it. I like it. I like coming every day to play at a home game. So it's it's definitely great. Just to, to kind of step away from soccer as a whole, and I know you yeah. obviously you're you're playing you know soccer you know religiously <laughs> basically. Just to just to kind of play devil's advocate for a moment, how much time do you think you've got left playing professionally? Oh man, no, like I, honestly, I'm blessed. I, the body feels good, but I think honestly, I got a good like solid four more years, five more years. I'm I'm a guy where if my numbers start declining. Then I'll obviously take a look at it, but uh, as if I keep putting up the numbers that I that I know I can, then obviously I'll keep playing. I mean, Jules was playing until he was like almost forty. It's true, Jello, and indoor soccer is 40. totally different too. It is, man. So like, I'm 33 right now, so I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm like, dude, are you tell me I got seven more years. So, nah, but I, I just take a look at every uh, every season and and just make sure my level's always high. And you know, I'm yeah. I'm doing a bunch of stuff with the my clothing brand. Yeah, and that's all been that exciting. Stuff. Congratulations so, with that. It's been good, man. It's busy, but. Um, it's been really good. I've been happy. Uh, do you have any opportunities to play with the Canadian futsal team as well, too? We know that was kind of occupying a lot of your, your end of 2016. <laughs> yeah, we started that. So, like, the thing right now is the beach soccer. So, oh, s- okay. some of the Canadians um, got invited. So, well, actually. The Canadians got, have sand? Yeah. In, in, I don't know. Yeah, we'll like find it. some beaches. But, yeah, so we got selected. <laughs> but we got to obviously see. We got to take care of the way first. And then we'll see if we can go on that on, on that beach soccer trip in uh, Bahamas. So. Ooh. Yeah. So, but, a little work and pleasure. I feel like you're the same. Yeah, time. so that's an incentive. <laughs> if we can win some of these games, then maybe coach, if we're nice to Jules, he'll he'll let us go. That's the way to do it. Uh, you probably heard we had Nick Barry on in our last yeah. segment um, from the from the torrent. Uh, I, I believe you've announced you're going to be back with the torrent this year. Is that was that correct? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. So we're obviously got to work on all the details, but yeah, like. Um, Man, it's it's Milwaukee. I'm just whatever we can do in Milwaukee. I love this city. Like I don't think people understand. Like I'm from Canada, but I love this city. This city, I've met so many great people, man, and I'm just so blessed to keep meeting more. And I just whatever I could do for this city to grow, and especially obviously soccer, but mm-hmm. in anything, you know, like 
I, I'm all about it. And I think that's a, that's a huge testament to, to you as a whole. Is, uh, how, did, how did you find Milwaukee? Yeah, was, I, don't, I don't think I've ever heard this story. Yeah, how did like, you end up in Milwaukee Obviously, from Canada? I, I got drafted when they were started back then, when they started doing drafts. So I played in actually Chicago for two seasons. Okay. Then Chicago folded. And I got a call from him. Obviously, you guys know Keith Tozer, of the course. big guy, man. So he called me. He's like, you want to come to Milwaukee? And I'm like, honestly, I only knew about Chicago. I never knew about Wisconsin. <laughs> what is this I was Milwaukee like, Milwaukee yeah. I know about like Minnesota and stuff, but I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, can, I can take a look. And honestly, I fell in love with it when I first uh, took a visit. And then ever since, I just fell in love with it, man. It's like second home to me. What, what um, Outside of the soccer world, what do you love so much about Milwaukee, though? I mean, is it is it the great food? Is it the music? Is it I, the, like, I like the, the festivals. And festivals, <laughs> German the fest and all of those I mean, things. you guys can drink. I'm not going to lie. The guys <laughs> and the girls. Like, it's crazy. You guys can really drink your beer, man. Yeah. And, and, uh, we yeah. got to stay warm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to stay warm. But like, like, I like I like the people that I've met. But downtown's nice. Summerfest is always crazy. Like, I've never seen a, a Summerfest ground like that where you can have all these artists coming and just everybody coming together, have fun. And it, it, it's really cool, man. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, so, so finally thing here, Ian, before we let you go, um, t- talk to us a little bit more about, um, obviously, what you're doing with your clothing line a little bit more so ib26 is what you got going on yeah so ib26 we got hats we got two, uh, two shirts we this is kind of the the gold collection um we got the platinum collection coming out soon but uh we got some hats coming but and I, i've always had a passion back so for um kind of style my swag and all that Absolutely, stuff so yeah. that was that's all my thing so i i worked really hard at making sure the image was good the the quality of the clothes was good so it took me probably a little longer than I wanted to take, but I, I just wanted to make sure that the brand was going to be quality and people were like, oh, he's not just throwing this thing together. Mm-hmm. So like, I really took my time. I really thought of all the patterns and everything. And honestly, I'm excited to see where it can go. Absolutely. It's, it's looking pretty good. It is. You know, congratulations. Thank you. Thank uh, you so much. As well, too. Final thing, final, final thing. Um, favorite goal you've scored this season so far? Favorite goal I scored so far? Jeez. Honestly, or favorite celebration, maybe. I don't know. No, to be honest, I didn't think I was going to score seven. I think I've scored five. Five um, before in my past career, but just scoring seven and, and, and honestly just helping my team win though. Yeah. So like even if I mean even if I score one and, and and we're winning, I'm happy with it. But to score seven, I think was is pretty big, man. So and we we kind of needed that. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy that I could do that, provide for my team. But whatever I need to do for my team, man, score, defend, have fun, dance, take off my shirt, <laughs> whatever I got to do, man. Whatever gets whatever sells tickets, right? Exactly. That's fine. <laughs> exactly. Right? Awesome, man. Well, Ian, we appreciate you stopping by the studio. Uh, we hope to have you back on again soon, sir. Thank Obviously, you. Uh, thanks for having me. Happy birthday, to my brother. There we go. Shout out to, to little little bro, big bro, little bro, little bro. He's taller than me, though. Buddy. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Ian Bennett, everybody of the Milwaukee Wave. All right, we're going to run to a final break. When we come back, Philadelphia sports writer Jonathan Tannenwald is going to be joining us uh, to give us uh, an insight about the, what he's doing out west and uh, MLS and anything else in the soccer world. We'll talk about that more right after this. Uh, it's two up front, presented by Three Lines Pub. Stay with us.
Welcome back to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Club from the Attention Era Media Studios, rolling right along with the show. We've had an absolutely incredible show so far today. Uh, we had Chicago Red Stars forward Cara Wells on the show. We had Milwaukee Torrent goalkeeper Nick Berry. And then we just had Milwaukee Wave uh, midfielder, technically, Ian Bennett, uh, live in studio as well, too. Simon Provent is not here today, unfortunately. He's off being uh, a father to an, an aspiring actor. Uh, so we wish his daughter Bethany the very best in her acting endeavors that she's got going on today. Uh, joining us now uh, via the the Skype world is a, a journalist that uh, has been around for quite a long time. He's been on the show as well. Uh, he covers the Philadelphia Union uh, for many other things. Um, it's Jonathan Tannenwald. He joins us on the uh, shopfutsal.com call-in line. Now, Jonathan, how are we doing, sir? You sound like you're in a, a busy environment. What are you doing? Uh, just a little bit. I am venues at the National Soccer Coaches Association of America Convention headed to the National Women's Soccer League draft which begins at uh, 12 noon Pacific which I believe is 2 o'clock where you are. Yes. 3 o'clock where I'm from. I'm an East Coast kid spending a week in Los Angeles. I've never spent this much time in downtown LA before. It's very strange. I was about to say I'm like are you, are you, are you okay? Are you doing alright? Do you need someone to come and help you? <laughs> I could do with a better public transit system, but other than that, I think I'm fine. Yes, yes, I would have to agree with you on that one. Uh, what have you What have you learned so far by being at this uh, this coaches convention? I'm sure that there's been a lot well, of uh, different I've talks. Been, yeah, I've been to this many times before. Uh, it is an event that I really enjoy. Uh, it's really one of the largest, if not the largest, annual gathering of the American soccer community. Um, and look, we like to rag on soccer coaches in America all the time, and I understand why. But there are a lot. Of Really good exchange of ideas and, and connections and contacts. You also have the NWSL and MLS drafts uh, held during this event. Say will But, you know, it, it is the only time all year when all of these people are in the same place. And for those of us in the media, and really your listeners should not care about the media, but if they should have to, <laughs> it's a great time for us. Yeah, I would, I would have to agree with you on that one. It certainly it gives you guys as the media an opportunity to really check out what's going on behind the scenes. You kind of have an idea of how to prepare going into 2017 from a, from a media coverage standpoint as well, too. Uh, the NWSL draft, of course, obviously taking place shortly. We talked about it briefly in the beginning of the show, uh, of course, being uh, here in Wisconsin. Rose Lavelle, the uh, Wisconsin Badger, certainly has garnered a lot of attention as well, too. Uh, have you heard a, a, any mullings at all about uh, possible trades or anything going on uh, early on here before the draft kicks off? Well, I'm, I'm no Dan Lawletta, so I'm not an expert on that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, look, I think, I think Lavelle is certainly one of the candidates to be taken by so with USC. Oh, did we lose you, Jonathan? The American oh, there we are. Okay. Nor, nor, no, I'm, I, I hope not. Uh, I'm here. Nope. We got you. There we are not nearly you. enough bratwurst in the American soccer All right, can you hear me? Yes, you're good. Go ahead. All right. There are not nearly enough bratwursts nor rolled out barrels in the American soccer community, so I am all in favor of there being more. Yes, I, com- <laughs> I completely agree with you on that one. The NWSL, as we know, uh, the Boston Breakers have the first overall pick. Uh, they certainly need the, the help uh, after a, an iffy 2016 campaign and even 2015 campaign as well, too. But let's go to MLS. It's something that you uh, probably know just a, a little bit more about, of course, based off of your coverage of the Philadelphia Union. Um, have, you, have you had an opportunity to see the guys at the Combine at all, Jonathan, and uh, heard oh, any sure. mullings about potential first overall picks? You know, I was at the combine for a day, and I because basically 
take a bunch of players who've never played with or against each other before, throw them out on the field, and expect them to play good soccer. Yeah. Which uh, I don't think is entirely fair or rational, nor produces what you really want to see. <laughs> but a good coach, you know, a good coach, a good sc- a good scouting staff will have seen these players before drafting them, and that um, that should you know that should be what they judge them on. When I hear a coach say, well, we drafted this guy because we really liked his combine performances. I deck ding him a couple points because that's not the way it's supposed to work. Agreed. Uh, but, you know, uh, Jeremy Abobis of Duke is going to be high up there among the picks. Uh, the Jalen Robinson, is that the kid's name from Syracuse? I think the center back mm-hmm. is a player who there have been some reports out there about a number of, of uh, MLS teams potentially trading up to get. So... You know, we'll see. I, I have, I'm covering a local kid from Philadelphia, one of the Philadelphia schools, uh, who I don't think is going to be a high pick, but, uh, you know, just to see where he goes and then see who the union pick up. And other than that, I'm, I'm you know, I'm none too worried because the union don't have a first-round pick. So. Uh, and I was just going to ask you, too, then, how do you, how do you feel? The, what way do the union need, in your opinion? I don't know that they need to go anywhere in the draft. I think they need to sign a veteran center back. Mm. Um, and, you know, if they do that, you know, maybe they'll make some trades tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see what, if they can come up with some allocation money or an international slot. If they do that and go out and sign a veteran center back, maybe one more midfielder. I think they'll be in decent shape. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that. And Philly as a whole in 2016 wasn't a bad, wasn't, wasn't terrible, honestly. But like you said, the, the defense, you know, getting that veteran presence on the back line would certainly help shore up just the the last possible couple of holes that they that they've got there. So well, but, uh, they, they need a they need a striker too. Yes, um, of course, and possibly a better one than Jay Simpson, who I'm not all that impressed with. Mm. But you know, if he can score goals, then he can score goals, and that's the only thing that counts. That is true. So. That is very true. All right. Well, Jonathan, we know you're a busy man. We'll let you run, but uh, we appreciate you checking in briefly with us. Uh, where can people find anything you might be writing uh, while you're at the combine uh, and find you on, on social media? Uh, at at, at Philly.com/soccer and on Twitter at the goalkeeper. And uh, the conventions in Philly next year, you guys should come out and take us. Oh, that sounds beautiful. I'd love to I'd love to get out to Philadelphia. I appreciate it, Jonathan. Thank you, sir. All right, we'll talk Absolutely. to you soon. There goes Jonathan Tannenwald on the shopfootsell.com call-in line. Uh, we uh, sorry, apologize for a little bit of the, the shakiness in our connection. Uh, he was obviously going through a convention center and also through uh, an elevator, it sounded like, there at the end as well. But, uh, you know, one of the final things I wanted to talk about here, too, I know it's just been kind of a fast and furious uh, 57, 58 minutes, honestly. I mean, like we said, we just had... Four great guests on. Simon Provan was here briefly uh, for that first segment talking about uh, everything going on with possibly Jesse Marsh going across uh, to uh, Red Bull Salzburg, which I think would be kind of a cool move for him in all honesty. I think he's he's a great coach. He he's knows what it takes to win, and he's been able to manage high-level players, uh, at least American players, and Bradley Wright Phillips as well, too. Um, he's a, you know, obviously an English player. Uh, a player that would be interested to see at the international level as well, too. But that's a whole other conversation. One of the things I wanted to laugh at, though, before we let uh, all of you go today, uh, if you haven't seen this circulating on social media yet, it's a video about um, Bayern Munich midfielder and attacker uh, Thomas Muller. Uh, he is coming uh, through the airport, and uh, kind of a funny thing. Um, he he fakes he fakes out the media basically because he he, he looks, he's on the phone as he's walking by them and smiling and kind of gives them a quick little wave. But he's like, "Ah, oh, guys, I'm on the phone," and kind of kind of keeps walking. What you don't notice unless you really look is that he's actually talking on his passport. He he psychs out everybody and just does this whole conversation. 
um, faking that he's you know on the phone because he just doesn't frankly want to talk to the media, which I don't blame him for. I guess the media is a bunch of bunch of pigs that just you know only thinks about themselves at times. Um, that is not true, but to an extent it is. But um, he's he's you know looking like oh guys I'm on the, pointing like to his phone like oh, I'm on the phone I'm on the phone sorry I, I can't talk right now. But uh, when you slow the video down and you look closer, it's like number one nobody's phone is that wide, uh, and number two usually most phones don't say passport on them either depending i mean you can get some pretty weird cases for your phones nowadays uh i've never seen a, a passport one though um to say the least so thomas muller getting a good laugh uh at the expense of the soccer media landscape uh today all right we've had a, an absolutely incredible show today special thank you to all of our guests that appeared on the show today chicago red stars and wisconsin native uh carl walls joined us in our second segment milwaukee torrent goalkeeper nick barry joined us uh, then Milwaukee Wave forward, midfielder, goal scorer extraordinaire Ian Bennett was live in studio with us. And then we just heard from Philadelphia sports soccer writer Jonathan Tannenwald uh, briefly as well in our final segment. Simon Provan was here, of course, as well in our first segment. A very special thanks to you, the listener, for listening. Remember, you can get us Tuesdays and Thursdays, 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time, live on Spreaker.com. There will be changes coming to the show uh, we will let you know about those soon. It's it's going to be big. It's going to be huge, to uh, to borrow the uh, the popular word. But we don't want to give you too much information just yet. If you have predictions, let us know on social media: Facebook, Two Up Front, Twitter at Two Up Front Soccer, at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan, or shoot us an email: Two Up Front Soccer at Gmail dot com. And of course, shoot over to our website: Two Up Front Soccer dot com to check out information about the show, find past episodes. And, of course, learn more about Simon and myself. For Simon Provan, I'm Baxter Colburn. Thanks so much for spending your Thursday with us. With our manager being the one above, we are two up front. Whether you're having a not-moving-off-the-couch-while-you-watch-the-game kind of day or a no-time-between-conference-calls kind of day, it can still be a delicious Dunkin' kind of day. And with Dunkin' now available on DoorDash, it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door. So if you're looking for coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches in the morning, craving some afternoon snack and bacon, or in need of Dunkin' refreshers for a PM pick-me-up, we've got you covered. Order now and get your faves brought to your door through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Price and participation may vary. Exclusions apply. America runs on Dunkin'. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe.